This is the Candeo Equipping Podcast. All right, good morning, everybody. We're going to be talking about conflict today, which is going to be fun. And uh, hopefully isn't a source of conflict on the ride home, although it might be. So uh, we will see. But I want to just really quick, I have, think I have most people marked off. If, if I didn't get you, I apologize. Rob and Stephanie? Negative. Uh, Adam and Christina? Danielle, Jacob? Jennifer and Nick? Ashley and Colton? David and Janet? Okay, so you guys are here. Emily, Justin, Nadine and Bruce, I know or not. Cameron? Randy and Krissa? Okay. All right. Hey, we're going to dive into a little bit of table time, and I just want you to, if you turn to your packets, you got four questions. I'm going to actually have you skip the engagement story and then go right to number two. What were the main points from the reading, which is chapter five, meaning of marriage? What's been the greatest area of conflict for your parents? So some of your parents are still married. What is, it, what is the source of conflict? Some of... Some of them are not. Like, what was a source of conflict then? But as you think about your parents, whether from a young age or even recently, what was a great area of conflict for your parents? And then I'm interested in this question as well. Number four, what has been the greatest area of conflict for you since this class began? So, like, what's been your greatest source of conflict in the last month or so? All right, and some of you might have something. Oh, this is, this is the obvious question, so I might have to think about it a little bit. But spend some time digging through those questions, two, three, and four, I'm going to give you about eight to ten minutes, so don't like share a novel or anything, but just kind of go around quickly, and I would love to hear some of those answers. We'll bring it back to the large group here in about eight to ten minutes. All right, hey, let's bring it back to the large group. Totally. Just realizing that's a struggle and just kind of yeah. Hey, we need some people to come in and volunteer to swap some of those things out. So if you ever have a free, if you ever have a free minute, we we would love that. Because not only are some out, but they're different colors. It's like, oh my gosh. So awesome. All right. Hey, uh, we have quite a bit of content today, and so I'm going to try as best as I can to keep us moving. But if you guys have questions or comments along the way, feel free to speak up. But we're going to spend the first part of our time at tables diving into uh, three pretty key scriptures when it comes to conflict. But before we do that, I'm just curious, like, does anyone mind just quickly sharing what your conflict has been the last month or so? Like, you want to be a brave person? It's like, yeah, this has been the biggest source of conflict for us since this class has started. <laughs> I guess I see a smirk. If not, yeah. I could start, and then yeah. we'd all feel better about it. Yeah. So, no. Yeah. Does anyone want to? Want to volunteer? You don't have to go into deep detail, but I'd just love to. There yes. There we go. For us, it's time and communication, so we both yeah. are very busy with our um, professional lives. Yeah. And when we get married in 36 days, it's yeah. time to just find that time to um, get together, talk about some of the things that we want, and then um, communication. That yeah. Way, so. Yep, for sure. By the end sure. of the day, we just come home and we're just so exhausted from our day that we mm-hmm. go to sleep and then we yeah. wake up and do it all over again. Yeah. So. yeah. Yep. Yep. So time communication, Any, anyone else? We had kids. Yeah. Five yeah. kids. Yeah. We're a blended family, so yep. we have, like, step kids. You know what I mean? So oh, yeah. Like, yeah. So it could be a challenge on trying to have a united front with, with the kids. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Give me one more. 
Yeah. We, he lives like 20 minutes away from me, so mm. this winter has been horrible. Uh, yes. Driving, 20 minutes might as well have been five hours with, yeah. with so the we, like, snow and weather. Right, right. Right, right. Well, I, I mean, obviously, I think that all of these topics we're going through in this class are pretty important. But this one, as much as any other, if you get this right, your marriage will not be conflict-free, but it'll be strong and healthy. But if you get this wrong, it's very easy for something to happen at some point. And then there to be like a small rift that just over the course of time keeps growing farther and farther and farther and farther apart. And so conflict will happen. The couple that I was going to have teach this originally, we had to move stuff around because of the snow and rescheduling and pushing weeks back and whatever, but was somewhat hesitant because it was just like, we, we have conflict a lot. Like, why, why would we ever teach this? And then Emily and I, uh, I said, this is what we're teaching. And she said, quote, Lord, help us. Uh, which, is, which is great. But then uh, even just three or four nights ago, she came home from, from kind of a women's deal here at the church. I think it was feeling good and was just talking to me. And it was probably, what, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. And we're like on opposite ends of the, the bar counter. And I mean, I, I must have said something. And she goes, why is it that when I talk to other people, they make me feel good. But when I talk to you, you make me feel crappy. It's like, oh, my gosh. So this is not to say Not that, all the time. Yes, it wasn't the whole time, but it, that, was, that was all I remember. Um, <laughs> this is not to say, like, hey, conflict's not going to happen. Your marriage is going to be smooth. This is to say conflict will happen, maybe more frequently for some couples than others. But the question becomes, how will you address it, and how quickly will you address it? And so, I'm going to add to Matt. We yeah. were at our table, and I thought a really great thing came up. So we were talking about our parents and conflict we saw in our parents, and several of us at the table just kind of sat there and realized that, well, our parents kind of never conflicted and conflicted in front of mm-hmm. us. Either A, they did it by themselves, or B, they just kind of quit on each other. Like there was a mm-hmm. uh, um, just. Yeah, just the thought of, like, they just kind of gave that up. And there's been times when Matt and I have been in the heat of a moment, and I've been like, at least we're still arguing about it. At least we, because it means we care about it, you know. As Mm -hmm. soon as you're like, I quit. I'm done dealing with this. I don't want to do it anymore. Like, Mm -hmm. that's when it gets a little scary. So it just helps us realize that conflict is a good thing. Like, if you can do it well, if it can be a healthy conflict, you can end up better on the other end of it. So just thinking of it as not such a negative thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, So, Uh, Just show of hands, how many of you, I think there's like two ends of the spectrum when it comes to conflict, right? And lots of people are in between somewhere, but like end of the spectrum, number one is like, I actually enjoy conflict and confrontation. Mm -hmm. Like, is there anyone in the room who like, it kind of like gets you somewhat excited? Matt, yes, true. That. <laughs> yes, that is true. I can see it. Yeah. I mean, anyone else? Like, yeah, that's, that's kind of me. You better than you used to be? Okay. It's yeah. on the pointing. Uh, like, yeah, all right, great. Nobody's volunteering yes, themselves. Nobody's volunteering themselves. Like, People like are pointing others. All right, how, how about, like, the other side? Like, I, I am so conflict-averse that... <laughs> match, match made in heaven. Match made in heaven. Yes, but like I, I hate conflict. I try to avoid it. I will at times just not speak up, not say it because I. Yeah. So there's a handful of people in here too. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, like both ends can somewhat move towards the middle. But no matter where you're at as far as conflict goes, this is going to be awesome stuff for you. And so what I'm going to do right now is turn it over to your tables. You're going to have somebody at your table read Ephesians 4, 25 through 32. It's right on your sheet there. And then I'm just asking you, like as a table, to spend, after you read it, about five minutes making observations. 
So spend some time, read through this passage, make some observations, and we'll bring it back to the large group in about five minutes. All right, let's bring it back to the larger group. So let's really quick just make some observations as a larger group. I think the table that I was at did a really good job pointing some things out. I'm sure the rest of you did as well. But what are some things that kind of just fly off the page, so to speak, at, at you in this text? What did you guys talk about around your table? What are some observations you made from the text? Yeah. 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 Um, I think the one that stood out to me the most is the uh, do not let the sun go down while you're still Yeah. Oh, that's typically the good advice that you will get from your elders. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so, so there's, a, there's a reality that conflict should go addressed, like you should address conflict relatively quickly. Right? Shouldn't it be something like, ah, we'll just wait this one out and see what happens and hope for the best. And then days go by, and then bitterness builds up. And six months later, you're like, why are you, why are you acting this way? Remember that time six months ago? And blah, blah, blah. Um, so yes, deal with it right away. Very good. We talked about, though, too, in that same kind of sentence, it says, in your anger, do not sin. Yeah. So yeah. I like how those are together, because we talked about how there, you might be somebody who, I, I can't, I'm going to sin in this moment if I try to talk to you. Like, I need a few minutes to just kind of gather my thoughts here. And I think that's fine, you know, yeah. like dealing with it quickly, but like, in, in a wise way. Yeah. In a wise way. Awesome. So, yes, deal with it quickly. What are some other observations you make from this text? Our table is really talking about um, verse 29 and just like the power of words yeah. that come with. So, making yeah. sure that the words are wholesome and building others up. And we really yep. talked about. Um, Matt mentioned how this extends beyond just like your relationship with husband or wife. For sure. Um, like in his context with kids, like mm-hmm. even if it's to each other, the kids see that if they're within earshot. So yep. um, just yep. realizing the power of words. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like you're more likely to use like horrible, horrible words with your spouse than you would with right. anybody else in your life. <laughs> right. Yep. Not that I. Yeah, never, <laughs> never. The average person general. probably would. Right. Yeah. I mean, other yes. I don't like you, but I love you. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Anything else, Emily, that, that you say, kind of observations that? Well, the one that I wouldn't have recognized right away was verse 30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So just yep. the idea of that conflict and, like, Certainly, marital conflict grieves the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Like I'd never heard that before. Yeah. And really, that really hadn't That's stuck out to me. So, yeah. A couple more things our table pointed out: put off falsehoods, speak truthfully, or truthfully, like mm. speak the truth. Sometimes that isn't always maybe super fun to do, especially if you're conflict averse. But be truthful, speak the truth. And the last thing, I think it might have been Randy who pointed out, uh, just the last verse: be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave you. So. That's the model. That's the example, mm. which I think is really cool. So that was awesome to point that out. Uh, really quick, I, I'd love for just one or two people, and I might even pick on the guys this time. But guys, as you read this passage and we kind of go over it, I'd love to have one or two guys share, like, here's how I'm convicted or challenged the most just from this one chunk of Scripture. Once again, I'm asking you guys to be a little bit brave and just say, I... This is how I'm challenged the most by this Ephesians 4 passage. 
getting getting rid of all. I don't carry a lot of bitterness, mm-hmm. but if I'm ready to throw down like that rage and anger, yeah. Yeah. I'm not a brawler either. But yeah. I mean, but rage and yeah. anger, yeah, I, I, mean, yep. I can. Yeah. That's good. And uh, that's probably something I I know that's my weakest. Yeah. One more guy. You want to be brave and share? This is how you're. I'm not real compassionate. Yeah. And so, you know, a lack of compassion does tend to lead to, well, it's a lack of empathy. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, lack of forgiveness. Yep. You know, I don't think that we have an abundance of bitterness in our relationship, but there's certainly things that we do hold on to. Right. So we got a lot of years of unmet expectations and hurts that I've created, so... We're working through a lot of that right now. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for sharing. Yeah, we could probably go on and just I think every guy in here hopefully is challenged and every woman too by, by that text. But we're gonna dive into two more. There's a Matthew 18 and then Colossians 3. So once again, at your tables, spend maybe four minutes on each chunk of scripture, and then once again make some observations. So I'll bring us back together in about eight minutes or so. And uh, we'll really quickly go over that. Matthew 18 and Colossians 3. Let's keep on moving forward, everybody. Give me uh, a couple observations from Matthew 18. This is kind of one, one of the key passages when it comes to church discipline, conflict resolution, and obviously extends outside of the walls of marriage. But this is how believers in Christ should address conflict. So Matthew 18, give me a couple of observations. Yeah, so the very first thing is go to the person who offended you, who sinned against you. Don't go to your friends at work and gossip. Don't go to, I mean, it's go to the person. And whoever is wronged bears the burden of going to the person who wrongs them. And guys, I don't know if you're like me, but there's probably some times where I wrong my wife and I don't even know I did it. Right, so it's the person who is offended, who is sinned against, to go directly to the person. Awesome. What if that doesn't work? You just say, oh, oh well, tried. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to try a different method. No. That's your neutral third party. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Yeah. Connection group. Yeah, I mean, Just that's, lay it out. Yeah, that's, that, that, that's where, okay, so practically speaking, connection groups come into play or godly friends come into play who, who aren't going with you to try and prove your side of the story is right. Yes. They are going with you to try and seek resolution between you two. So the end goal isn't, I was right, you were wrong, so he told you. <laughs> the end goal is let's resolve this conflict. So that's where like, people in a connection group can come in super handy because it's like, I'm going to bring you with. I've been trying to convince or talk to or address this, and for whatever reason here, she just isn't seeing it. Will you come with me to help plead for restoration and assistance? And if that doesn't work, then that's where you can involve other 
people in your group or other people in the church, pastors, whatever the case may be. But the ultimate goal is restoration. It's not to be proven right. So I think that's, would you add anything to that? No. Awesome. Colossians 3, one verse, one, I guess it's two sentences. What's maybe one or two things that really stands out for that Colossians 3.13? Dylan, you got anything back there? Kind of what I talked about was oh, yeah, the word bear in it. Yeah. So just not a super widely used verb in yep. the New Testament. And so kind of the extra weight that it carries and more yeah. than likely in the language it was originally written in just means a lot more than what we read bear as. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's um, it's hard work. Like, yeah. it, it takes effort. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yep. And once again, just like the verse we looked at earlier, it's forgive as the Lord forgave you. Like, Jesus is your example. Forgive like he forgave. And I think you were talking last night, Emily. Like, this is a command. This isn't like, hey, here's a good suggestion. Try this, see if it works. Like, no, no. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. Bear with each other. Forgive. Which is good. Yeah. I have a side note. Yeah. Well, actually, for the one up above that I thought of. Yeah. Um, and you had talked about this, but didn't mention it. Um, obviously, these are, like, we're looking through these with the lens, uh, through the lens of marriage, but, like, these aren't just for marriage. Um, and you talked last night how it's helpful, like, even if someone comes to you having a conflict with someone else, you can be the helpful third party saying, have you gone to that person yet? You know, so that's kind of a helpful thing to think about. Also, just as a parent, helping my kids deal with conflict this way. Um, so natural for my five-year-old to come to me and say, Taylor, Mom! Mom! I mean, how many, you know, so Taylor, and I, you know, Matt and I will look at them, and have you even told Taylor that she hurt you? Like, n- probably not, you know, and most of the time we take them, and we, she, and she's like, I didn't even know I did that, Mom, you know. So just other context, and I know that's not the point today, but just a, a thought or two for you. Um, we opened up a whole can of worms at my table with the Colossians 3 verse of how forgiveness is a command, um, not a feeling, you know? Mm-hmm. And no. so no. there can be times where the person isn't even apologetic. They don't even no. really care that they hurt you, but God still calls you as a command to forgive that person. Otherwise, he, you said something about drinking poison and hoping it hurts the other person, but eventually that's going to grow bitterness in your heart. Um, and you think of like big picture sin that, you know, people have have fought through and that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to throw your heart back into that relationship you know I, obviously talking about marriage is a little different but um but I just thinking like a, a kid growing up in an abusive home that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to throw yourself back into that relationship and fully trust that person that's different than just having a heart that is forgiving towards that person no. so we talked a little bit about that we didn't have any great yeah. conclusions but that's no. that can be a really hard thing to forgive somebody who's not even sorry for what they do yeah, I think that the conflict around your life, both like you directly, but also those you work with, family members, whoever, yeah. would be minimized if you did two things regularly. One is if whenever you're wrong, you go to that person. And then two is if somebody comes to you and says, so-and-so and so did such and such, they'd be like, oh, I know, they're such an idiot. I mean, like, <laughs> as soon as they come to you, like, say, Do you, can we go talk to this person? Which sounds weird and strange, and you probably get a weird look. Um, but I've had people in my life do that to me, and it is awesome. So if you go to the person who offends you right away, and if whenever somebody comes to you, you encourage them to go to their offender. 
I think would minimize conflict, not only in your life, but in those lives around you. So awesome. Uh, so we're supposed to forgive. We're supposed to say we're sorry. We're, we're supposed to apologize. Obviously, if you've wronged somebody, um, is that easy for you guys? Like, are there people in here like, I, I'm actually a pretty good apologizer and I'm actually a pretty good for, forgiver. Like that, I, that comes kind of natural. You don't have to, I mean, you can raise your hand. Like, yes, some people in here, kind of, a little bit. Are, are there people in here who like hate apologizing? Not necessarily. <laughs> I'm not good at it. <laughs> He's like, can I get you to raise <laughs> your hand over here? Raise it up high, Emily. Raise it up high. No, that's awesome. But no, they're, I like they're, to win. Yes, like as, to win. as do I, which we're both competitive, which is sometimes fun and sometimes not. Uh, but we should apologize. We should ask for forgiveness and offer forgiveness. All that to say, there are probably incorrect ways or insincere ways to do that. And you guys can probably judge those when you're being... Ask, like, g- give me an example or two of an insincere apology and what that person might say or how they might sound. Sorry you, you feel that way. Yes. <laughs> it is your fault. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry you feel that way. At least feel isn't right. Yes. I'm sorry Great. you feel that way. Yes. Yes. That's a good yes. one. That's a great one. Does anyone have, have another one? It's like, yeah. What was that? Well, say, say that one more time. No, I don't think I hurt you. Totally. Yes. Sorry. Totally. Yes. Which both of those are like, you're wrong, right? <laughs> totally. Benjamin? The, the one that's always triggered me is, I'm sorry, but. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. But negates anything you previously said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So watch your butts. Because <laughs> I mean, it, it seriously does. It's like you can, you can say like five minutes of this awesome, but you're like, nope, scratch that off because it no longer counts. Yeah, good. So there's actually uh, eight words that you guys can practice and say it sincerely. Emily, do you want to? you want you want to practice? You want to practice this? <laughs> I said it the other night, yeah. just like this. Yes. And it's the the word uh, is it a fill in the blank? Yes. I, well, I, I, yeah, I think they just have space to write this. I was wrong. Will you please forgive me? That's a good. And I, you know, I struggle as a parent whether or not to like force an apology out of a kid. Which I talk about my kids, and I feel the same like heart issues with myself. Um, but I ha- we have encouraged our kids to say this, and as soon as you say the words "I was wrong," will you please forgive me? Like it is a change of heart for you. Like it's a like your whole position kind of changes. So it yep. is good. I was wrong. Will you please forgive me? Yep. Period. No buts. No. Nope, no and buts. You do. You have to end there. Yeah. Um, yes. And just kind of own what you did. Awesome. So that's a good one. Yep. All right, it was well, actually a great video that Candeo put out a long time ago with Jenny, Jenny oh, and Paul. Yeah, yeah. Very, have nice. Very nice. Yep. Uh, we're going to do some fill in the blanks quick. So we're kind of deviating from the table time, and we'll get into some uh, practical ways. But at any time you have questions, we'll probably add some color to this as well. Yeah. So we're going to try to get through this somewhat quickly. But keys to resolving conflict. A couple blanks. Commitment is the ultimate resource for resolving conflict. You have to be committed both to Jesus and then also to your spouse in covenant love. Could you repeat that one more time? Yep. Commitment is the ultimate resource for resolving conflict. 
So saying that to resolve conflict, the best thing you have is the commitment, and this commitment to two things, to Christ yep. and to like the, com- the covenant love that you are in with your spouse. Yep. Awesome. You want to add anything there? No. No? All right. Conflict should be dealt with. Any guesses? Oh, two. There's two. One deals with, yeah. Two chances. Two chances. Oh, those are good. Close, yeah. You could put those in. That's probably true. Yeah. It's not what we have on our answer key is the problem. The answer key (laughs) says quickly and thoroughly. But add a couple more. Yeah. So conflict should be dealt with quickly and thoroughly. Once again, that whole before the sun goes down. The idea there is it should not be ignored and allowed to fester over time, over days, over weeks, over months. And here's a, kind of just referencing these, these passages that we looked at earlier, that Ephesians 4, Colossians 3. I'm not going to read those again, but kind of highlighting those right there. Number three. Forgiveness is the essential ingredient for resolving conflict. Forgiveness is the essential. So forgiveness and essential. Essential ingredient for resolving conflict. So if you do not forgive, bitterness starts to grow and fester and can start off as this very small little thing, an argument over something almost really stupid that in the grand scheme of things doesn't even matter yet over the course of time continues to divide and to get bigger and to divide and to fester. And before you know it, a week or two weeks or a month goes by, and you're like, what are you even mad about? It's like, well, it's because this thing just kept growing and festering and getting bigger and forgiveness was not achieved. Do you want to read that statement underneath there just about uh, if a wrong is done to you or whatever? I would if I was sure what you were talking about. Where are we at? Why don't you we can talk about it? that? Yeah, you start. I'll remember. Okay, all right. Here we Sorry. go. So we talked last night as well. There's a statement that we have. It says, if a wrong is done to you and it still hurts now, you've embraced bitterness. Oh. Like if you're still holding on to something that somebody did two days ago or two months ago or two years ago or like 20 years ago, like you have not forgiven that person. Yeah. And that's that a, just an interesting... Um, Way to phrase that. Way to phrase it. Like, yeah. it, it helps you realize that you are, you have some bitterness. Like, if yeah. something that you remember brings up, like, some hurt, like, there's yeah. still some unforgiveness going on there. Yeah. So, yeah. that's a good question to ask yourself. Yep. Yeah. Last one. To best communicate, you may want to, first blank, repeat your spouse. And second blank, guess what they mean. And then third blank, Ask them if you understand what they are saying. So repeat, guess, ask. Repeat, guess, ask. So we talked about this a little last night. Matt has really helped me in this. Um, It's just learning how to communicate well. So a lot of times when I get into a situation, I want to give all my advice. Like I want to tell them exactly what I think. I want to help them work through the problem. But you, Matt has showed me that a lot of times if you ask good questions and repeat what they're saying and rephrase it a little bit and just help them like kind of get their thoughts going, they'll probably answer the question themselves better than you could ever give them advice to answer it. So that's kind of what this is just saying. Just repeat what they're saying. Kind of rephrase it a little bit. Um, ask them if you understand instead of just trying to fix the problem. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when we're talking, um, she always says, she'll say something and then I'll repeat it and then she'll be like, well, now you're just, that sounds crazy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I'm repeating it so yeah. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Like, Yeah, Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. So I I philosophically know this. That's really funny. Emily said I've helped, but all that to say, even just a couple nights ago, you came home and sang something, and I immediately went into, like, problem-solver mode. And you just were like, just just listen. Like, and and all I would have had to have done was, you sound frustrated. (laughs) Like, what's wrong, or can I help, or it sounds like, I mean... Instead of getting in the Matt Fix-It mode, just listen better and kind of do what this is saying. And so, and I also think, too, like it, it, it keeps my emotions from getting spiked or whatever. Like if I can just go, so what, what you're saying is blank. Then I don't get like, oh, my gosh, you got to do this, and you need to do this, and you do this. And then it, I'm just like, chill out and listen to me. Right? So, cool. Have you ever seen the nail video? Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Like, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I have seen that. All my sweaters are snagged. So, <laughs> they wouldn't be if you took that dumb thing out of your head. But yes, very good. Very good. Yeah. I think the thing with the other night, though, was I didn't see that there was a problem. I was just trying to communicate, you know, yes. and have a conversation. And yeah. Matt, I mean, and it's like, as a gal, I know it's right to problem solve, but sometimes it's just good. It's good to have both. Yeah. You just need to figure so out. So Emily to deal came with it. in saying how like she was doing a good job of parenting, ish. <laughs> <laughs> right? um, this is not going. No. <laughs> I was having conflict with my oldest yeah. kiddo, and I was just talking to Matt about how we were working through that. Kind of like, isn't this awesome? And, and then I very quickly was like, "You're not really doing that. You're awesome. not really doing that well." <laughs> From what I've seen. So, so yeah, I... Which is good. Yes. So if I can hear it in a way yeah. that is for me, not against yeah. me, it's in healthy. But I went right to speaking truth as opposed to yeah. listening first and then... And oh, hence the crappy comment that we referenced earlier in, yes. the, in the morning. All right, so there's typically three areas of conflict, and there's obviously more, but these are kind of the ones that keep coming up over and over and over again. You guys can probably guess these. Does anybody have any guesses as far as what the top three areas of conflict typically are in marriage? Finances. Yep, money. Is that what you said too? Yep, money's one. Yep. Give me another one. Sex. Yep, that's number two. (laughs) Number three. That's not, yes. (laughs) Do not write that down. That's probably over all of them. Yeah, so... so parenting yes. was the one I so thought. So, family. Family. Yep. So that could be parenting, in-laws. Yep. So the first one's finances or, or her money. And here's the reality, is if couples have in place different amounts or, or different values on things, they're going to, over time, conflict. Yeah. So, and, and also, maybe you even, like have the same values on certain things. Like, no, we actually both agree to be generous with our finances. We actually both agree to, but there might be one saver, one spender. Like, like that can create conflict, too. Yeah. 
But if you guys can be unified and value the same things financially and actually steward what's been given to you well, that's going to help out a lot. And this is going to be in session five. So like next week, we're going to be talking about this. We're not going to dive into it a ton today because we're going to spend the whole entire next week going through it, which is going to be fun. Okay. The next one is sex. Wrong perception, communication or lack thereof, and then past failures. These three things can continue to resurface and cause conflict. You want to say anything about that? Do we have that week? Yes. Okay. We'll say more of that. All right. We will come back in two weeks and dive into the topic of sex with you all, which should be fun. Number three is family. I think we should skip this. And uh, how many of you would say, just kind of show of hands, and this is not to your, your in-laws and spouses, family, and engage these families. Like, they, they can't see you. Okay, so how many of you would say, I could foresee if you're engaged, or I do see if you're married, our family's not meshing super well, or there being conflict there with in-laws? Show of hands. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And not necessarily meshing with each other, like yeah. meshing with like an in-law yeah. with me or with yep. our family, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the reality is, uh, and this is, I, I think Emily and I, thankfully, just because of some of the horror stories that I've heard, but our, we, we like our in-laws. Like I like your parents, yeah. you like mine. But there have been some differences just in the way that we were parented yeah. and the way that they did things. That even though we all like each other, it's still... Yeah caused conflict. Yeah, and not right and wrong things. Like, the one I thought of was how you celebrate a kid's birthday. You know, so simple and little, but once we started doing that, I was like, you just, you're not caring enough. And Matt's like, we got him a gift, we made him a cake, you know? But my family, it was like a a week-long thing, you know? So I I was born on Christmas Eve. Yeah. So so my my birthday was overshadowed, right? (laughs) Um, So I'm just used to, like, a smaller, like, yeah, cake and presents, great. Probably with. Next. Yeah. Like, so that was like a, not a good or a bad thing. It was just something we had to yeah. be like, what do we do now? Yeah. We're a family. What do yeah. we do? Yeah. So yeah. talk about that on your ride home today. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Uh, you want to go over these practical suggestions yes. for minimizing conflict? Okay, this is good. This is kind of a list, and I've got a couple thoughts, but we'll kind of cruise through them. So practical suggestions for minimizing conflict. The first one is give the benefit of the doubt. Take any situation in the best way possible. So give the benefit of the doubt. Give the benefit of the doubt. It made me think of an example just super, like, it could happen to all of us. Matt calls me at 5 and is like, hey, babe, I'm going to be late. So in my head, I have two choices. I can either give him the benefit of the doubt, like, you worked like crazy all day today. You still don't have it all done. Maybe something came up last minute that you need to be at. Totally fine. Or I could take it as in, oh, he doesn't even want to come home. Like, he doesn't care that I made dinner. You know, like, I have two ways that I can approach that situation. Mm-hmm. So um, just a way to, res- uh, to minimize conflict would be give benefit of the doubt. Number two, avoid comparison. Um, I'm not going to speak for guys. I know gals can struggle with this one. So avoid comparison. Um, just the opposite of that is just to try to be thankful for what you have. So I could look at Matt, and I could pick out the three things that he's not as good at as whoever else. Or I could be like, oh, man, here's my list of things I'm thankful for. Number three, agree upon well-defined roles slash responsibilities. I stay home with my kids, so 
this I think has fallen into place maybe a little easier, but a lot of us, you guys who are just getting married, you're both gonna be working. Um, I think it's a great idea to make a big old long list of like, these are my, these are the things that are expected of me or us. And let's say, okay, who's gonna fill, I mean, just so silly. Um, who's gonna fill the bird feeder? Who's gonna take the, make sure the trash gets out? Just kind of working those out early, you know? Cause otherwise it's like, you forgot to take the trash out. It's like, I didn't even know it was my job. So define roles and responsibilities. Um, and that is obviously way bigger than taking trash out and bird yeah. feeder. But it, yeah. I, those, I've seen those little things kind of cause problems. Number four, have no expectations. This says make a detailed list of expectations for your spouse and burn them. So there you go. Have no expectations. Um, you talked about a good book on that one. Do you want to share that at all or not necessarily? There, it wasn't even a book. It's just uh, one of the things that I went through or used to take people through was just uh, there's a guy named Andy Stanley who has like a five-part video. I think it's called I Marriage or something. But the whole premise of it is we, we have these expectations and we kind of have these like lofty visions of what we think our spouse should do. And so then we get married and then those aren't met and then we get bitter and we get angry and then we have higher expectations and nothing gets met. And how it just kind of almost from the very beginning just derails your marriage. Yeah. Um, Because you think about it, it's like, oh, our wedding day is going to be awesome and then marriage is going to be awesome and then when it's not, you're like, what the heck happened? My spouse is wrong, you know? It's like, no, 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 Just, just take all those and just throw them away. And it doesn't say like, your spouse is an idiot, but it's, it's simply saying, like, don't project all these things onto your spouse that he or she has to fulfill, and then get super bitter when those aren't fulfilled. Yep. I think that's something that can actually happen because we are humans. Like, yep. I expected you to do this, and then yep. you say it, and you're like, okay, yep, I expected it. Right. So then you just apologize and kind of. Right. Yes. Yeah. That has probably been the biggest worst of conflict, like big picture in our marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Like I will have some expectation of what our Saturday looked like, you know, and halfway through the day I'm in tears and Matt's like looking at me like, you didn't even tell me. Like I had no idea what <laughs> Doesn't work. Saturday was supposed to look like. I thought yeah. it was football, you know? And yeah. so yeah. if there What's that? Yes. We have, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah, so if you are, if you do have an expectation of it, something, you at Say least it. need to communicate it. Yeah. So we're learning. Yeah. Number five, focus on the other's needs and desires. Um, simple example, I thought, like, hey, Matt gets home from work. I'm like, let's scoop everyone up and go here. And in my head, I'm thinking about what we need. And I'm, you know, just the thought of, like, okay, what does Matt need today? Like, on a Sunday, what does he need to do today? So just... Focusing on the other person's needs and desires. And the last one is learn to communicate with wise words. There is a diplomatic way to say everything. Yeah. And that's kind of what we're going to dig into here. Yeah. So we're going to spend the last portion of our time this morning looking at some passages that just speak to wisdom in words. And I think these are pretty profound. And so, like, this stuff is pretty simple. And I think we to varying degrees know this is stuff is true and we should do it, yet for whatever reason we just don't. And so I want to revisit some key passages here and just fill in some blanks, and I think uh, we might have some stories along the way. So uh, first one is, what should I say? So first blank is what? Number one, what should I say? Nick, do you mind reading that Proverbs 18, 21, that first verse? 
those who love it will eat its fruit. Awesome. Brittany, do you have Ephesians 4 right in front of you? Ephesians? I mean, pretty clear there, like what you say matters. Uh, the whole saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never hurt me is a bunch of, like, lies like that. That isn't true. I mean, s- some of the most hurtful things that have ever happened in my life are been like when people who, have, who I've loved the most have said something to me. It's not what they did. It's, not, it's just what they said. And those stick with you for years and decades. And, and just yeah. remembering that it has the power of the tongue carries life and death. Like yeah. that is so powerful yeah. and so easy to just roll it right off your tongue. I thought of the, this example happened last for pizza night was last night, right? Yeah. I made pizza for my kid. Like we did homemade pizza with Jiffy Crest. And after it, we were cleaning up, and Matt's like, "Mom's killing it," and I was like. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. You know, <laughs> it was just such an easy thing for him to just throw out there in front of the kids, and I'm like, oh, I made pizza tonight, you know. But yep. everybody loved it, and so, just such an easy way to bring life to somebody, you know, yep. to speak a little bit of breath into them. So yep. that was my example. Yep. Pizza night. Number two, how should I say it? How? This is important. It's not what you say; it's how you say it. Proverbs sixteen twenty four. Matt, you want to? Read that. Pleasant words are honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and healing to the bones. Awesome. awesome. Michelle, you got Colossians 4 right in you. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Yep. I, I'm pretty convinced of this. Uh, one, it's, it's biblical, but just in watching people engage each other, is people mirror people? Right, so like if I were to walk in and be like, hey guys, how's it going today? You probably wouldn't be like, fine! <laughs> You'd be like, what's it, fine? I mean, like, you, you tend to respond the way that you're spoken to or, or approached. And I am pretty dang well convinced that if we just communicated in a way that resembled Proverbs 16 and Colossians 4, we would either not get into conflict in the first place or else we would diffuse whoever we're communicating with relatively quick because they would feel like, like, like an idiot. Like you're, you're actually being sweet and you're being gracious and you're being merciful. They're not going to yell at you for like days. They're, they're going to at some point probably pretty quickly respond in the exact same way. Yet if you from the get-go approach with kind of a combative attitude and tone, you're going to get that right back. And I think there's times where I'll say something to Emily or she'll say something to me and I was in a good mood, and you said something very quickly mirrored her, or, or vice versa. Like, she's, everything is great, and then I say something in a way that very quickly she mirrors that, and, and now we're in conflict because we're not embracing these two verses. Did you say anything else? No. No? Keep going. Awesome. Three, is it true? Proverbs 8. Amanda, do you mind reading that? Listen, for I have worthy things to say. I open my lips to speak what is right. All the words of my mouth are just. None of them is crooked or perverse. Awesome. And I'll move right to your right. Benjamin, you want to read Ephesians 4? Speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. Yeah. We talked so, last night. Yeah. Were you going to say something? Uh, I was, I was just going to say, there. yeah, like. I kind of thought originally, like, I mean, how often do I say, say things that aren't true? 
you know, but I do say you are never X, Y, and Z. Are you always? And there's times where Matt will look at me and say, that's not even true, you know? So that helped me realize that I do say things that aren't necessarily true. Always yeah. and never aren't really the best words to use. Yeah, so like speaking truth sometimes isn't like the, the most, I mean, sometimes it can be kind of abrasive because you're, you're saying something that other person might not want to hear. Yeah. But that typically goes over well eventually. But when it's these, you always, you never, why can't, I mean, it's just like, that's not even right. You know, and so uh, don't use those words. <laughs> avoid the always, avoid the nevers, avoid the buts, and you guys are going to be good as far as conflict goes. Number four, is this the best time? Brody, Proverbs 15. A man finds joy in giving an apt reply, and how good is a timely word. Yeah. Michaela, you want to, Proverbs 25? A word aptly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. Yeah. So, can anyone think of a, like a time when it might not be the best time to bring something up? Great kids. Yeah. That's a, that's a perfect Your example. Just said something and, you know, okay, me, fine. You'll say something to the kids <laughs> and I'll say, well, I'm not really sure. I know, I'll second yeah. guess him. Then he says, can we talk about this somewhere else? Yeah, yeah, that's a that's good example. Good. No, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got a lot of people on my team here. We have witnesses. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like with family members. Yeah. You haven't gotten your issue taken care of together. Yeah. You're bringing in, like, your sisters or your mom or your dad yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Right. And then it gives them a negative image of your significant other. Yeah. And yeah, just resolve your issues first yep. before airing out laundry to family. Yep. Good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> say anything else as far as timing goes? That's like, I've said enough terrible examples about you. I'll let you say this one. I had this terrible habit, and I did it for a good season of our marriage where I would just, the problem was, is I would have an issue that I, would avoid talking about. Like, I would avoid it, avoid it, avoid it. And then Matt would, like, be ready to, like, leave on, like, a three-day trip. And I'm like, I got, like, five minutes before he leaves. And I'd, like, throw it out there. And he's like, I gotta, like, go. Why didn't we talk about this, like, yesterday? So there's a whole lot of issues going into that one. But we've kind of worked through that a little bit. So that's, like, the other one would be, like, calling you at work over the lunch hour and, like, throwing some tarot that you can't even fix. You had a good one from class. Are you going to share that no. one? Or? No? Okay. So. No. No. We had yeah. a good one, too. Uh, you know, we were talking about not letting the sun go down on your anger. Yeah. And taking that very literally yep. can be yes. somewhat destructive. Yes. We had that in the early part of our marriage. Is that, you know, we're tired. Yeah. You know, I'm tired. She was saying, no. She was like, can't let the sun go down. you got to poke and fix yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> that didn't she help. Said, yeah. No. <laughs> well, there, there have been times, too, where it's literally like, like 1 o'clock. In the morning, and yeah, we're laying in bed. Like, and no like, one's thinking straight. This is not, this is not getting resolved. And it's like, are, are you done? Because I'm done. I mean, it's like, yeah. we'll dress this tomorrow, because we can't think clearly right now. Right. The sun's already gone down a long time before it's even started. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think we're on tomorrow's sun. You know, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Um, number five, would it be better not said? You want to rock that one? Sure. Okay. Uh, Proverbs 15 says, A wise man's heart guides his mouth, and his lips promote instruction. Proverbs 17 says, Even a fool 
is thought wise if he keeps silent and discerning if he holds his tongue. Yeah. You guys ever said anything where you say, you're like, ah, pull that back? I mean, yeah. yeah. It's good to have somewhat of, of a filter, I think. It's good to address conflict, bring it up, speak truth, but it's also some people just immediately get super emotional and their head goes places where it shouldn't go. And if whatever comes out of their mouth comes out of their mouth at that moment, probably not a good thing. So there's certain things where it would be better to not say it. So I don't know if, if I can like summarize this page. I've got one summary yeah. point. I yeah. think one would be because a lot of you guys are just not even married yet. Um, Matt and I did not have much conflict at all for years in our marriage. Like, we just didn't really find a lot to argue about. Um, but I would say if you find yourself in a season of, like, we cannot, we're just not getting along. We're mm-hmm. not, things are not going well. I just, I think Satan works a lot in making you feel like you're lonely in that. Like, is there something wrong with your marriage? Like, did we, is this not the right person? Like, what are we not, just knowing that you're not alone in that, like, find someone, pull them in. Like, that can be, like, we can't figure this out. Like, we just need, like you said, connection group. I think it's a great uh, space to do that. But um, we we kind of, you know, for a long time didn't have a lot of arguments. But then, you know, you do get into a lonely, low place of, like, man, this is not going well. And so just encouraging you that you're not alone in those mm-hmm. seasons. Oh. Yeah. Um, that is a pretty good summary, but like as I kind of reach this, what, how, true, time, not, those are those blanks. Uh, for, for most people, I think a decent summary would be talk less and like be intentional with what, what you say, like be intentional with your words and use them to build up. Yeah, and I think that will help the average person when it comes to conflict. So. Yeah, I'm tired. A little bit of time. You guys, any questions for us? Nothing. All right. So, what have you guys done? So now we've done conflict. What was last week? Communication. 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 Roles, responsibilities. Roles and responsibilities, and then the intro week. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, we got money next week, and then uh, sex the week after, which should be good. Should be fun. So, awesome. Thanks, everybody. We appreciate it.